turn in your Bibles to uh, Colossians 2. This is the New Testament commentary on Psalm 128, especially the first two verses. Just to read those verses again before I read Colossians 2, that's on page 982 of your pew Bibles, 982. But here, um, Psalm 128, 1 and 2. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And now Colossians 2, verse 6. Hear the word of God. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we we thank you that you have called us to, to walk in faith in Christ, Lord, to walk day by day, to walk circumspectly, that is to walk in ways that bring you glory and honor and praise. And Lord, thank you that you have not only called us to walk with you, but we thank you for providing the truth of your word, the presence of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, pray um, that you would give us um, open ears, tender hearts, teachable spirits, Uh, so that we might be growing in our love for Jesus. And we ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. You know, when was the last time you gave serious thought before you said the words, bless you, or God bless you? You know, in today's world, we casually uh, use that word bless Without even thinking about its scriptural meaning, you know, we say God bless you when a nearby stranger sneezes. Um, 
Here in the South, I, I learned early on that we even use the word bless when we desire to express our annoyance. You know, for example, when you ask someone how they're feeling and they recite their whole medical history from the day of birth, and you respond by saying, well, bless your heart. And you have to say it without sarcasm, of course. Or if you really want to be emphatic, you can say, well, bless your little heart. Uh, Before you quickly move on um, in a different direction. No, but consider that word blessed or blessed. Here in Psalm 128, invite you to turn in your Bibles as we study God's word together. Psalm 128, just about in the middle of our Bibles. You know, that that word bless or blessed is used four times. There in verse 1, verse 2, verse 4, verse 5. You know, here in this ninth psalm of the pilgrim psalms, the Lord graciously teaches believer that he blesses those who fear him and walk in his ways. You know, then as the psalm goes on, we learn that the Lord blesses, faithfully blesses our work, our wives, our marriages, our children, our homes, his church, and even Israel. And here this morning, six short verses, but our biblical focus is this, those who faithfully walk in the Lord's ways will enjoy his fruitful blessings. Well, what are the blessings of walking in the Lord's ways? Uh, you know, first, it's an easy psalm to break down two verses at a time. It begins with uh, the blessing of a gospel foundation, then the blessing of a godly family, then the blessing of a glorious future. You know, let's begin with the the blessing of a a godly foundation. You know, here in um, the Old Testament especially, but as well in the New, uh, when when the Lord desires to emphasize a word, you know, he, he doesn't put it in capital letters except for the word Lord. He can't put it in bold, doesn't underline it, but it, it's emphasis by repetition. You know, and, and so that, that truth that we read that word blessed four times in, in six verses is important. There's another word, fears, is used in verse 1 and then in verse 4. The, the title for God, Lord, you know, all capital letters, Yahweh, Jehovah, the faithful covenant-keeping God is used there again in verses 1, 4, and 5. But we begin, begin with that word blessed. That's actually the first word in, in the Hebrew text. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. If you remember back to last week, or you can look in your your Bible, that's how Psalm 127 concluded there in verse 5. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, with children of youth. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And now Psalm 128 begins with that word blessed. And if you read both Psalms, you you can see they're linked together. You know, about children, about families, about the Lord's blessing and faithfulness. But what does it mean to be blessed? 
we're happy. There, there's a holy contentment in God. You know, that, that word blessed is used as the first word in a number of hymns, at least six hymns. That's how the Psalms begin. You know, Psalm 1, 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Uh, You'll see it again in Psalm 32, Psalm 41. You know, Psalm 112 is almost a mirror image of Psalm 128, verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. So this is not an isolated example of being blessed. You know, that this truth saturates the Psalms and, and truly all of scriptures. You know, and it carries over uh, to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You know, we, we call them the Beatitudes. You know, blessed. You know, the, the Lord's blessing, promised blessing for his children. The, the definition, working definition I like to use of blessed is that it's an abiding spiritual joy that believers possess as a gift from God. You know, it's not a one and done blessed. It's certainly not a material blessing. You know, because possessions can be stolen, can be lost, can be burned. You know, it's an abiding spiritual joy that believers possess as a gift from God. You know, the Lord blesses us with his presence, with his promises. You know, so that word blessed, you know, keep that in mind as we go through Psalm 128. Blessed is Everyone, man, women, children, youth, infants, who fears the Lord. You know, we we struggle, not struggle, but it's important we understand that word blessed. It's important we understand uh, what the Bible is teaching us about fear of the Lord. You know, we're born with fears. Fears of loud noises, fear of the dark, fear of being alone, but those fears don't pass away when we uh, become adults. We have the fear of failure, you know, the fear of going broke, you know, the fear of serious sickness, the fear of dying, just to, to list a few. But what, what is fear of the Lord? It, it, it's a holy fear. It, it's a holy reverence when we come into the Lord's presence his holy present. You know, it is right and pleasing to God for all believers to fear him. It leads to worship, adoration. You know, we're we're the creatures, fallen creatures, finite creatures. You know, and God is a great, gracious, glorious God. We fear the Lord. But as well, look next, still at verse 1. We're, we're moving slowly, but it will pick up here. You know, those who walk 
who walks in his ways. You know, so blessed is the one who fears the Lord, but that now who walks, you know, day by day with the Lord. We follow in his footsteps of faith. You know, all who gladly obey his word. You know, to, to walk implies there's a, a daily progress in, in our sanctification. You know, we, we, we get up and we walk in the Lord day by day. We walk with perseverance, you know, and purpose. Why? To reach the finish line of faith. That day when the Lord calls us home or Christ comes again, we walk by the light of his word. Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Lord calls us to walk, but then he, he shows us the way, you know, to walk. Just as certainly as he led his people in the wilderness by the pillar of cloud and fire. You know, we, we walk in the spirit as well. We all walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We walk in his ways. You know, and then that verse we've read already, Colossians 2, 6 and 7, but, but hear them again. You know, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thankfulness, in thanksgiving. That that word walk here in Colossians 2, 6 is, is a command. All of you continue to be walking in Christ. You know, walking in his ways. That's what he calls his church to do. We walk together in Christ by his grace and for his glory. You know, and as we walk, Christ provides the path, the pattern, the power, the purpose. You know, you you go back to the Old Testament. You know, you might remember, some of you might remember the name Enoch. I know John and Susan remember that name. You know, a great name. What, what should we remember about Enoch? Enoch walked with God. You know, there, there is no higher praise. Enoch walked with God. Then you go ahead to the New Testament, Hebrews 11 Five, he was taken up so that he did not see death. He did not taste death. One of the, the few saints uh, that, that we can say that about them. Enoch walked with God. Might it be said of us as well. You know, that, that we are walking with God. But look again, now verse 2, still thinking about the blessings of a godly foundation. Verse 2, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. You know, here we begin to see the blessings of building on God's gospel foundation. You know, it's not a health and wealth gospel. You know, you'll have a lot of money in your hand and live in a big house, drive a you know, a fancy electric car, 
although I still prefer gas-powered. Um, but you'll enjoy the fruit of your labor, you know, the blessings of harvest. You know, David Dixon put it this way, and uh, need to listen closely, written in another area, era, but a great biblical truth. He writes, the fear of God consisteth not with an idle life, but requireth that a man, according to his ability, should be employed in some lawful exercise, profitable for the use of incorporation where he liveth. You know, note what it says there. You shall eat the fruit, right, but it's the labor of your hands. You, you, you sowed the seed. You, you cared for it. You watered it. You pulled the weeds. And then at the right time, you, you harvested the fruit. You shall eat. You know, the insects won't get it. The critters won't get it. The government won't get it. You, you shall eat the fruit of the labors of your hands. That's a blessing. You know, building on a gospel foundation, you know, walking with the Lord. You know, there, there's a verse, another verse that accompanies this. You know, it's a, it's a verse that was near and dear to, was near and dear, still is, uh, to, to our family, Isaiah 50, verse 10, when we were uh, going through a difficult time, a painful time. Um, and the verse is this, um, Isaiah 50, verse 10, Who among you fears the Lord? Same truth. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord. And rely on his God. You know, we, we fear the Lord. We obey him. We walk with him, even in darkness. Even though we're, we're walking by faith, we, maybe we can see the next step, but we know the Lord is, is leading us, guiding us, providing for us. You know, we, we rely on, on the Lord. You know, here were the pilgrims of faith heading up to Jerusalem. With that, that confident biblical truth that blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You know, with this summer in the Psalm sermon series on the Pilgrim Psalms, we've been seeking to sing as many Psalms as possible. Been a little bit of a challenge finding one that we could sing and uh, thank our worship team, Dirk and others, and accommodating me. Um, bless the man that fears Jehovah, you know, Psalm 128. You know, why sing them? Because these are joyful psalms. They they help us to memorize these psalms, you know, to to meditate upon them. The Lord will call them to mind, you know, in those dark times. You know, he, he will allow us to savor them. You know, like a a tender bite of grilled steak or a tasty barbecue, you know, you, you don't want to just chew it once and swallow it. You, you want to enjoy it, savor it. You know, and that, that's why the Lord gives us these psalms and these, these 
all of the verses in the Psalms, but I would encourage you especially to, to memorize Psalm verse 1 of Psalm 128. Now, blessed, let's say it together. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You know, a good verse for Monday morning, Friday afternoon when you're running on empty. You know, you just said that gracious reminder, the Lord gives us that path, the power of the Holy Spirit, the promises of his word, the blessing of a godly foundation. And that's the foundation for the psalm, but Note now, verses 3 and 4, the blessing of a godly family or a, a godly home. Charles Spurgeon called Psalm 128 a family hymn. Fruitful wife, a house, a home of faith, children like olive shoots, a blessed man. It begins there uh, with a fruitful wife. This means, you know, far more than just fertility to bear children. You know, that, that's, a, that's a simplistic, I believe, unscriptural way. You know, what, what's a fruitful wife? You know, a vine. She's, she's beautiful, you know, on the inside and the outside. Uh, she displays the fruit of her, the spirit in her walk of faith with Christ. She fears the Lord. She eats the fruit of the labors of her hands. Look at Proverbs 31. Both in her home and in her community, the wife is a joint heir of salvation with her husband. A, a, a fruitful wife, uh, the blessings of, of a godly family, children like olive shoots. Just to repeat that, you know, olive trees were valued for their fruit and their wood. It's slow growing, it takes great patience and perseverance and cultivating them, but it produces precious fruit. You know, the soil around it must be regularly plowed and fresh water supplied for it to grow, even fertilized as well. Walter Kaiser tells us, quote, that the olive shoots and olive trees are a symbol of productiveness, freshness, Vigor and health, also a symbol of peace and hope. Children are like olive shoots. You know, even the American poet, Carl Sandburg, I don't believe he was a believer, but he said this about babies. A baby is God's opinion that life should go on. You know, it, there, there's a hint of, of a messianic hope there as well sitting under your, your vine and your fig tree. Your, your children are, are like olive shoots, where you have that, that man who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. You have a fruitful vine within, within the house. Uh, the children will be like olive shoots, and then it closes there around your table. You know, here, here you think of a, a, a family dinner table or breakfast table. You know, at home, sweet home. You know, a lesson here for parents, grandparents, churches here. You know, with children, it takes patience. It takes perseverance. It, it takes prayer. And just a practical application here, you know, use the family meal, you know, around the table as a time for laughter. Challenge in our home, turn the TV off. 
I know no distractions. Put your iPhones aside, you know, for that time. You know, just talk together, laugh together, listen to one another. But then encourage parents or grandparents, you know, take one meal a day. You know, to read a bite-sized portion of scripture, explain it so that the youngest child can understand. Maybe read or sing a hymn. There great app for the Trinity Psalter hymnal if you want to learn more about it. Use the, the catechism, the children's catechism, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and then close with prayer. I know that sounds like a lot, but learned it the hard way. Keep it short and simple. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to go for an hour and a half. You know, it can grow in time as they grow up. You know, but But as best you can, you know, and I know everyone has busy schedules, take that one meal a day. You know, I know many people do it at dinner time. In our house, you know, we learned it had to be breakfast. You know, and what did that mean? Everyone had to get up, be ready for school, you know, be at the breakfast table, and would have everything set before they had to run off to the buses. That was our deadline, or get a ride with a friend. Children like olive shoots, and then it closes. Behold, you know, and that word "behold" mentioned this before. It it ought to make us stop and think, like a railroad crossing. Stop, look, and listen. You know, behold, hear this, reminding us again of verse one. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. You know, that, that's a message from God's word. We'll never hear it from the world today. You know, you, you ought to fear government or fear this. But blessed is the man, happy, content, an abiding joy that, that comes through faith in Christ. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord. Blessed shall be the father, the husband, all men who fear the Lord. You know, how should men show that they fear the Lord, Christian men? They learn the truth of God's word. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. You know, they love their wives as Christ loved the church. They refrain from provoking their children to anger. Rather, they bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You know, here's the scriptural Sampling, lest you think, you know, preacher, you might say, you know, this will never happen. You know, that you're, that's pie in the sky thinking. You know, look, look at scripture. You know, here's a few samples of, of families in the Bible that faltered, and yet the Lord used them. Isaac. You know, with his two sons, Jacob and Esau. Talk about fighting siblings. They, they fought even getting out of the womb. In Genesis 25, 26, the high priest Eli, you know, the, the, the minister, pastor. He had two gluttonous and godless sons, Hophni and Phinehas, you know, who died. 
Consider King David. You know, we always put King David on the pedestal. Yes, that's sin with Bathsheba killing Uriah, but need to remember about David. He had a son, Absalom. Absalom who rebelled against him. Civil war, you know, in, in that country. Second Samuel 15. You know, finally think of the two sons in, in Luke 15. We love the parable. I love the parable of the prodigal son. But think about those two sons. One son took all of the inheritance and ran off from home, squandered it on sinful living. Yes, he did repent and return home, but, you know, think about the elder brother. Younger brother returned home. That elder brother had a sinned, hardened heart towards his brother and his father. You know, so as we think of the blessing of a godly family, don't give up. Don't despair. Don't think, well, this will never happen, or don't think it's too late. You know, my children are a little bit older now, grown. No, no. The Lord still calls us to be, you know, godly husbands, fathers, praying for our children, persevering for our children. The Lord's not done with them yet. Now pray for the work of the Holy Spirit. Pray for the work of God's word, those seeds you've sown over the years. You know, it's a, it's a gospel here. You know, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ always brings us hope. You know, but part of the gospel is remembering our need for Christ. You know, we're sinners. We need to be reconciled to a holy God. The gospel reminds us, you know, of our need for repentance of sin. Don't ever minimize that. But we think as well of, with the gospel, God's gracious work of redemption. You know, he saves us by the shed blood of Christ. He sets his love upon us in Christ. So we can rejoice that we are blessed in Christ. Finally, uh, the blessing of a glorious future. So we've seen the blessing of a godly foundation the blessing of a godly family, now the blessing of a glorious future, almost a prayer, you know, to to God's people. A benediction, as it were. And many Bible scholars compare the Psalms of Ascent to the the blessing, benediction of Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. That will be our closing benediction this morning. You know, the Lord bless you, from Zion. You know, it's the Lord who blesses us. From, from Zion, the Temple Mount, you know, where God's people came together for, for holy worship. Zion speak, spoke of God's throne in heaven. Hebrews 12.22 through 24, Hebrews 12.22. But you have come to Mount Zion. And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And verse 24, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood 
that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You know, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see, that's actually a command. You know, make sure you see, you you notice, you're you're fully aware of the the goodness, uh, the, the wealth of Jerusalem. You know, God's blessing upon his city. John Calvin puts it this way. You know, again, a quote from another area era, so it's it's worth reading, but it, it requires uh, attention. The good of Jerusalem is to be regarded as enjoining on the godly the duty not only of seeking their own individual welfare or of being devoted to their own peculiar interest, but rather, and here's the important part, but rather of having it as their chief desire to see the church of God in a flourishing condition. You know, may, may you see Christ's church flourishing. You know, and that's God's promise. Yes, the days are dark. Culture seems like a, a tsunami wave these days. You know, but, but we can rightly and ought to be praying that we would see, you know, God's blessing upon his church that faithfully proclaims his word, promise of salvation in Christ, the, the return of Christ. Remember Jesus' own words, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, and I believe that includes the Christian home, families, marriages. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. You know, there, there's a reason for hope. You know, we, we tend to think we're wringing our hands. It's going to get worse and worse. What am I going to do? Yes, pray. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That's a God-honoring prayer. You know, but remember this promise. May we see the prosperity of Christ's church that he loves. He bought with his own blood. And then finally, well, two more finallys. May you see your children's children. You know, that, that's a fulfillment of God's covenant with Abraham. You know, many seed, more than the sands on the, uh, on the seashore. You know, may, may you see that not only your children are walking with the Lord, olive shoots that have now grown up, may you see your children's children. And then may your children see their grandchildren walking with the Lord. You know, just on a personal note, it's a pastoral joy for me to serve in a multi-generational church. You know, not just a a church filled with boomers, busters, generation X's. I forget all the acronyms. Thankful each Lord's Day to see our brother in Christ, Bill Johnson, turning 90 this October. I praise God for the children, the babies, even crying babies here in church. Anna Grace, April Joy. You know, to have that range, you know, 
you shall see your children's children. That, that's a promise to the church, not, not just to families. And then finally, peace be upon Israel. You know, that, that's a prayer. May the Lord's peace be upon Israel. That peace of salvation, that, that peace of knowing that the Lord blesses everyone who fears the Lord, who walk in his ways. That, that brings peace. And don't we need peace? Spiritual peace. Gospel peace. The peace of Christ uh, today. You know, look again. You know, one final look at that last verse of hymn 717. Let me read it for us. Almost scriptural. Thou shalt see God's kingdom prosper all thy days till life shall cease. Thou shalt see thy children's children on thy people, Lord, be peace. And then the first verse again, Bless the man that fears Jehovah, walking ever in his ways. By thy toil thou shalt be prospered and be happy all his days. May we know that prosperity, that peace that comes through faith in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for families. We thank you for godly parents, grandparents. Lord, we thank you for uh, faithful wives, husbands. Lord, we thank you for children, covenant children, covenant families. May these covenant children be olive shoots around the table, even the the Lord's communion table. Father, we we pray that that in the midst of great darkness around us, use Christian marriages, homes, children, and especially your church, Father your beloved and blood-bought church, uh, to be that radiant gospel witness all the days of our lives and until Christ comes again and takes us home to glory. And we give you praise always in Jesus' name. Amen.